are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Four trending wide receivers for NFL Week 9. Players that everyone is talking about and how we can use those narratives to find an edge at the most important position in the fantasy football and in DFS. Obviously, there's no one out there that I'd rather talk wide receivers with than our next guest. You guys know from Yahoo Sports, Reception Perception, obviously his new YouTube channel. I want to make sure that you guys get over there and check out all the good information on that channel. So if you do go over and subscribe to Harmon, definitely let me know in the comments if you do that. Might do some sort of giveaway at some point for those people that go over there. Matt, how we doing, my man? I appreciate it, buddy. I, I appreciate all the support that you uh, send my way here on the YouTube. But uh, no, man, things are good. It's um, it's a wild week of NFL news, that's for sure. Uh, just trying to keep up with everything. Um, but hey, man, week nine, like we're kind of in that inflection point of the season where you know it's way past time to make start making those adjustments for the second half of the year. And uh, this is always, I think, the most fun time of the fantasy season is as we start to turn the clock uh, from the middle towards the end of it. Yeah, this time of year, we have a little bit more data to kind of lean into, which is nice. But this is also the time of year where teams start to get a little bit less healthy as well. So things are happening. Obviously, we still have COVID implications. I said this with uh, with Jake that we recorded earlier. Thank God this this information from Green Bay came out before we recorded these, obviously, a little bit earlier than usual this week. But yeah, not having the Rodgers news and then doing these uh, would have not been so fun. So before we jump into it, is there anyone that you think benefits, I guess, at all? I, I don't even know if it's really a benefit, but I guess who does this affect the most not having uh, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, against Kansas City, this is going to be one of the most popular points of the game or one of the most popular games on the entire slate. So any thoughts on that or the complete avoid? Yeah, I mean, no, it's I wouldn't say that it's a complete avoid. Um, maybe for daily fantasy, just because like, I mean, if you have Devonte Adams on your season long team, you know, provided that he's cleared in time to play, because as we're taping this right now, that hasn't been um fully decided yet but provided he's out there i think he's right around in terms of like points per game like a wide receiver 12 13 ish guy when aaron Rodgers hasn't played the last few years um but obviously most of that is not in like the peak peak form of Devonte adams so that's also worth noting there too um i wouldn't freak out about him if you have him in your season long league you know jordan love is going to get a great soft landing spot here against a very bad kansas city defense uh we are going to really learn something about him in this week uh that is for sure but i mean you know green bay already was suffering through a ton of you know COVID issues as you mentioned but also injuries too. bob tanyan out for the season uh after thursday night last week so you know this is just a tough tough break for the Packers. I think maybe AJ Dillon uh, becomes more interesting if they try to do like a ground and pound type of situation. We know that Green Bay is totally okay doing that. I think Dillon has looked good on balance this year, but yeah, it's not, it's not good news for any of the pass catchers. That's for sure. All right, let's talk about some good news, and it's always good news when you're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The first wide receiver we're going to talk about today is Emmanuel Sanders. He's 6,500 on FanDuel. And Harmon, last week, uh, obviously at a, a decent amount of this Buffalo offense, a lot of Stephon Diggs also had some Sanders, and that goose egg looks a little bit worse than it probably should, right? Because he was getting yeah. some of those deeper targets like he always does, and man, he just seems like one of those guys that uh, hasn't really dropped off, but might be a nice buy-low opportunity for him. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful by low spot. You mentioned it, the matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, last week we saw, hey, life can be pretty good for Geno Smith when he doesn't have to play the Saints or the Steelers, you know, some of the top secondaries, top defenses overall in the entire NFL. Um, and it's basically the complete other side of the token with Jacksonville. I mean, they are it awful awful pass defense they're 32nd in explosive play rate allowed through the air i think it's just a great spot for emmanuel sanders who as you mentioned has continued to get vertical looks throughout the season and that is somewhat surprising for a guy his age but you know for a player like sanders so much of what makes him good 
is, you know, technique, uh, refined route running, like over and over again, he has just demonstrated that even if he's a slight tick down from the explosive athlete that he was at early points of his career, the fact that he can still get down the field is just basically a testament to his great route running and the technique that he brings here. So I think it's a great bounce back spot for the entire Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, excuse me, the entire Bills uh, offense against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense, and that certainly trickles down to Sanders. Even after putting up a, a straight zero last week, I'd be completely comfortable going back to him in this spot. Yeah, I mentioned kind of leading into the the data a little bit more now that we have uh, a lot more of it. And over the last three weeks, Emmanuel Sanders actually higher-weighted opportunity rating than Stefan Diggs and obviously mm-hmm. getting a huge salary discount there. So I love that Sanders call. Let's move on, obviously, to uh, just a completely brutal situation at basically every level with Henry Ruggs. Obviously, our hearts and deepest condolences go out to the family members involved. Just absolutely tragic. But Harmon, I'm going to awkwardly transition this, but uh, Brandon Edwards or Brian Edwards, uh, one of your guys. So let's, uh, I guess, give you an opportunity to talk about maybe the fantasy implications here and why uh, a lot of people might be going the Renfrew route this week. But Brian Edwards is uh, one of those guys that you're really high on. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously, it's, it's no easy way to transition from this whole Henry Ruggs situation to talking about what's going on on the field. But we know that these two guys in Renfro and Edwards have played pretty defined roles. You know, Renfro is, I think, a really underrated player. You know, like his 2019 reception perception um, looks like just a classic slot receiver that you can throw out there if you're running a high-paced, uh, a really, you know, um, passing friendly offense that you can just throw to a hundred times in the slot and get pretty good production. It looks like that's pretty much what's going to happen here with the Raiders this year. Um, So I I don't mind him at all. Like definitely not a bad play. You know, you're probably going to get potentially eight to 10 targets a week now with, with rugs off the board. But if you're looking for who's going to replace, um, Henry Ruggs from a vertical standpoint, it's definitely Brian Edwards. I mean, 29 targets on the year, 35 for Henry Ruggs. Um, he is almost exclusively, exclusively run as an outside receiver. Uh, but his a dot is not quite as absurd as like Henry Ruggs, who was up there North of 17 yards, but Brian Edwards is 15, you know, 15 point, uh, 15.9 a dot. Like he has been getting those vertical looks as well. And I think he wins in the downfield area, very differently than Henry Ruggs. Ruggs is all speed. Um, it's all the um, explosiveness there. With uh, Brian Edwards, it's some definitely, I think he's a pretty juiced up athlete as well, but he is a ball winning X receiver, you know, very different than the Z receiver that they've previously had there. So I think this is a pretty interesting like spot for them to get Brian Edwards going, who, you know, at different points of the year has flashed big time playmaking ability, but is not like, consistently being targeted he's kind of fourth in that pecking order when it goes from Waller to Ruggs to to Renfro um now obviously he's gonna have to be counted on for more because you know you look at the rest of the guys on that roster nobody else really profiles as a vertical receiver you've got Zay Jones you know they released Willie Sneed there um so this is really a spot where I think Edwards can get going um you know it, it's not the worst matchup in the world either I definitely think he's a guy worth uh, considering definitely th- pretty much every week until the price catch up catches up yeah one of the comparables that i saw for brian edwards was Corey davis would you agree with that at all i know he's not like you said he's not like that field stretcher but a little bit of a bigger body is there someone else that comes to mind uh, that people could I, I i understand that like people know about brian edwards but we still like we, we don't talk about him as much as we probably should have so i like to give people some sort of comparable if you have one in mind 
Yeah, I thought from um, like kind of a best case scenario, he could be a lot of what Michael Crabtree was for uh, Derek Carr early in his career. You know, you got to remember like Derek Carr back in that 2016 season. Um, you know, there were times in the fantasy world where we were all you know weeping and and moaning about the fact that uh, you know Amari Cooper wasn't getting as many targets as Michael Crabtree. Um, you know, that's because Crabtree was always a pretty reliable guy off the line of scrimmage. That was an area where Amari Cooper struggled as the Raiders X receiver. Cause he can't really win against press coverage consistently. Um, that's why the Cowboys move him from the Z receiver to the slot receiver spot. Now they've really identified a great usage plan for Amari Cooper there. Um, but Crabtree was a guy who could get off the line quickly, could win in contested areas. Um, you know, was a, a savvy route runner overall. I think Edwards is probably not quite there yet, but I think that makes sense. The Corey Davis comparisons, like not the worst one in the world either. Cause I wouldn't say that Corey Davis is not number one receiver right. you know the Jets paid him a, a lot of money in free agency but um it was still like around the 18th 20th most in terms of per year wide receiver salary so right around that sort of number two wide receiver market um that's actually probably not the worst comparison in the world uh another guy who can win downfield but it's not necessarily because he's like a great route runner or anything like that before we get back at it I want to thank the presenting sponsor FanDuel for all the support this year new FanDuel players listen up your day's about to get 20 percent better with a bonus on your first deposit up to 500 for free all you have to do is claim it by visiting fanduel.com slash holka first that link does support the channel so thank you and even if you are not a first-time player it would mean the world if you give fanduel another go this week and start that process through my link that's fanduel.com slash holka to claim your bonus and start playing today it'll bring you right to our five dollar three entry max listener league contest that one i will be reviewing every week on stream Quite honestly, one of the best places you can put your money in all of DFS because it's completely rake-free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season, so make sure you join our community over on FanDuel. Pick a lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see where your team stacks up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends to experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the $5 Listener League or making your first deposit through FanDuel.com Holka. The official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka Show, age and local restrictions apply bonus is used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner pristine auction a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just one dollar there's thousands of auctions ending daily so some of the crazy deals that you'll see actually pretty common whether it's a daily auction a weekly auction doesn't matter the marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves also all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic so you never have to worry about that I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings, but only if you're fully registered at Pristine Auction, so hopefully it's with code HOLKA because it supports the channel, so thank you, and let's get back to the show. Harmon, the next guy we're going to talk about is someone that I think we've touched on a decent amount this year, but honestly, like he gets forgotten still, and I'm not exactly sure why. Mike Williams, he's 7,300 on FanDuel against Philly this week. Tell us why you like him. Well, I mean, it's probably for good reason lately he's been like on an absurd cold streak. Uh, sure. You know, same with the entire Chargers offense. You know, I think when you look at the Chargers right now, there is like kind of there's some structural issues with this team overall. We know that Brandon Staley is totally comfortable calling a defense that basically begs you to run. Uh, like, come on, take like, just establish a run on us. It's no big deal as long as like we limit explosive passing plays, all that stuff. It's like very analytically forward thinking to play like that. Um, but. You can't be the stone worst run defense of the entire NFL if you're going to be if you're going to play uh, that style of defense, which is basically what the Chargers have been. And I think it puts them behind the eight ball on the offensive side, too, because, you know, then you are asking, um, you know, then then you're asking Justin Herbert 
who has been incredibly efficient on third and fourth down uh, going into last week. He was top five in EPA on uh, later downs. Um, you're asking him to run that hot all the time because, you know, you're you're playing not in consistently positive game scripts because teams are just running on you. Anyways, not to get too dorky and all this, but I think that's probably why over the last two weeks, in addition to just facing tough defenses in Baltimore and uh, New England, who will come up and play physical coverage on wide receivers, um, that that's probably a part of why Justin Herbert has not played well. And then that's trickled down to Mike Williams. Also might have been a little banged up in that Baltimore game coming off the bye. I was expecting more things, but still just five targets, 10 over his last two games here. But I mean, what a gorgeous bounce back spot for Mike Williams. He gets an Eagles uh, defense that allows the highest completion rate in the league. They're sort of similar on the other side uh, to L.A. is like, they don't really play great run defense because their linebackers are just terrible. I mean, like Howie Roseman, come on, like draft a good linebacker for once, like sign somebody at the position, figure it out. Um, they don't play good run defense and they play soft coverage on that side. They're one of the most zone heavy teams in the entire NFL. You know, Mike Williams, like they have not really tried to make use of him as a vertical receiver as previous Chargers coaching staffs has, which got us all juiced up early in the season because his eight out was right around that nine ten mark. I, I kind of think they could make more use of him as a vertical threat. I think that offense needs somebody to challenge down the field. It looks like everything is way too condensed in the short to intermediate areas. But if they're going to continue to use Williams like that, this is a great matchup for a team, like I said, that allows the highest completion percentage in the league, does play that soft coverage where they could really get going with a lot of layup targets here. I expect Mike Williams to you know approach eight to ten targets in this game and have a pretty nice outing. All right, before we continue, I want everyone to jump in the comments. After you've subscribed to Harmon's channel, I want you to also let me know your favorite wide receiver play under 6K going into week nine. And this is one of these guys that we were definitely kind of kind of put into that bucket and he's someone coming back from injury. And, and you have to uh, sometimes take a chance on these guys before we actually see it. So Michael Gallup is 5K on FanDuel. It looks like uh, Dak is going to be full go even in practice on Thursday. So a uh, decent chance, I guess, to get in early on Michael Gallup. Uh, what do you think, Harmon? Yeah, it's a chance. To, it's definitely a chance to get in early, man. And, and I, I want to see. I kind of want to take a week before we get it. We get in here with Michael Gallup. Um, but at the same time, I think the biggest question is how are they going to line up these receivers? Because if there's been one thing that's changed from this Cowboys offense based on what we expected, we expected it to be all you know, eleven personnel, three wide receivers. Uh, but they've gone two tight end sends a lot, sets a lot. You know, Kellen Moore has had like offensive linemen lining up in the backfield really creative run schemes overall that I think are mostly uh, you know his design not uh, Mike McCarthy's design there um so I want to see how they reincorporate Michael Gallup here and you know especially because through his absence it's not as if they've moved Amari Cooper to like a 50 plus percent slot receiver it's not as if they've moved CD Lamb back to that position which is what he played as a rookie They've been throwing Cedric Wilson out there as a slot receiver. Like if we get Michael Gallup, who was supposed to be running more routes from the slot this year, according to the training camp buzz, according to his own kind of account of how things might be going. Um, if we get him running like 50 plus percent routes from the slot, we could really see him take off in that role because, you know, last year, the biggest problem with him and why he was like an inconsistent producer, even when Dak Prescott was healthy in 2020 was, you know, they were strictly using him as a vertical X receiver, strictly using him as a guy to win in that X receiver spot. Like if they can move all three of these guys around, I think it'll actually help offset some of the volume concerns because there are legit volume concerns. Once these three guys are all out there, like you could see Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and even definitely Michael Gallup pop up for like four or five target games with the way that Dalton Schultz has broken out, with the way that uh, you know these two guys are target hogs. 
Gallup's a really good player and they can run the ball really well. So, you know, I personally wouldn't mind taking a week with Michael Gallup, but that value is definitely tempting. Uh, as long as that, as long as we get Dak Prescott back out there, obviously that's the big caveat here. Yeah, definitely a little bit of risk involved with this one, but you should be able to get a decent amount of leverage off of obviously uh, some of the Raiders, cheaper wide receivers, and honestly, even like Jacoby Myers, if people are still going back to that, well, uh, this is the week, hashtag this is the week. Buddy, this is the, he's he's, <laughs> he's a two-point conversion monster now at this point. Like, it's almost, it, it has to be a troll job, right? Like, he keeps getting these two-point conversions, but, you know, never mind on that one. Just lasting on the Cowboys, mm-hmm. too. You know, this matchup against the Broncos, it, like we thought this might be a really tough defense. Obviously we know they traded Von Miller, but even, you know, before that, like they're so depleted over there are the Denver Broncos. Like I I don't know that this is one of those situations where I would be that gassed up about the wide receivers, even though the, like the wide receiver cornerback matchups are going to look really good because they basically aren't even playing Kyle Fuller anymore. They've just kind of moved on from that. You know, he was a guy that, they discussed moving at the deadline, but didn't really have any takers there. Patrick Sertan has been a little banged up and, you know, obviously he's still a rookie as well. It's a great matchup for these wide receivers, but I could also see a situation where like Dallas gets an early lead here and just nurses the clock with Zeke, with Pollard and behind that offensive line. Um, so like, this is the question we're going to have to ask ourselves with these Cowboys receivers every single week uh, is basically once we know where they all line up and we're going to get those clues on Sunday, Then let's talk about matchups after that. (laughs) 